These are the Keishi Tapes. You Man and Favaz explore the backstories and interviews heard on Keishi, the longest-running rock station in the country. It's time for another Keishi Tapes. I'm John Hewlett. Hi, I'm Favaz. All right, you can follow me on Twitter at STLUman. And me, Keishi Guy. Today is John Mellencamp, okay, but so we were going to do somebody else. We were. We were going to do Brian May of Queen, and we alluded to that fact. But we also said we may not, depending on how yeah. it sounded. Yeah. And um, I'm queened out. I really am. And and that interview had to do with, you know, basically the Queen musical. And I don't even know what year it was. It was 04, I thought it was. So, whatever. But then, you know, John Mellencamp announces that he's marrying Meg Ryan, and it'll be his fourth marriage. <laughs> and it was announced last week, and uh, John has a uh, interview with John Mellencamp, and as as do I, too. Uh, and we're going to do yours today, and it's our first time on Real to Real. How exciting! Yeah, this is this is and this is old technology <laughs> from the uh, old studios of Casey back uh, at Union Station. And the phone feed was not real strong that day, but we'll uh, we'll do some things here, tweak things, and I, I think you'll hear John just fine. Now, the reason John was calling that day was to promote Rough Harvest, which came out in 1999, which was the album after the John Mellencamp album that uh, was, was real successful for him. I think when was your interview with John? You know, Mellencamp? mine was around the same time because it, it was in the Annex building, uh-huh. okay? And it was one of the few interviews that I've had where um, I remember you asked me before the McCartney interview, were there any stipulations, any rules or anything like that? With him, there was. You could not talk about his heart attacks or his smoking. Oh, really? That's what I was told. Mm. And I didn't. And I was kind of intimidated before I did the interview. He was great. Yeah. Oh, he was awesome. He's always been he, like that. The first time he ever came to St. Louis, I interviewed him at Casey uh, in the Crestwood Studios. Really? Yeah. And I got some photos of, of the time he came that day. And I don't I don't believe I have the interview, but who knows what I'll find yeah. in the basement as I continue to listen to all these different tapes, many of them unmarked. But... Um, I remember him telling me specifically that that day when I was interviewing him that he was going to be a big star. Ah, yeah, don't worry right. about that. And <laughs> he was right on the money. He he, whoever was in his original Johnny Cougar band, the guitar player, was from St. Louis because he brought that up with me, and uh-huh. he remembered playing stages. And we had some really funny moments uh, on the phone. We were on the phone, and well, it was this, a great thing. In this interview, he mentions playing Mississippi Nights. Ah, and there's a connection between what happened that night and something in his personal life that you're going to want to listen for here as this podcast goes across. All right, are you ready to hit I it? Was, I was surprised when he told me about it. All right, here we go, reel to reel. Hope it works. Okay, setting up the interview right now. Test. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Sound like you. John? Yes. Yes, you're on with John Mellencamp. Okay, thank you. Hey, John. John, is that really you? Yeah, it's really me. I don't believe it, man. Yes, it's me. Welcome to KC ninety. Didn't sound like it to me <laughs> at first. Did it to you? Uh, I I don't know. It doesn't. It, it, it you sound weird. Oh, you know, thanks so, a lot. Well, you do. <laughs> it, it doesn't sound like that. Uh, like that interview that uh, we had with Shelley Grafman from mm-hmm. nineteen eighty eight or eighty nine. This sounds. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. Again. Can't wait to hear it. Welcome. I I don't. I have a room there. <laughs> <laughs> you could have one if you'd like. No doubt about it. We love you here, man. Now, I, I know this probably means not much to the listener out there, but I'm going to tell you, the first time you did an interview at KC95 in 1976, I'm pretty sure that was the date because that was my first year here, I interviewed you, and here it is, 1999, and we're still both doing this on Casey. 
Can now, can you believe that? Uh, Isn't that astonishing? You know what? I, you know, I, I know why I've been able to last, and that's because you know we've had the same format for all these years and only had two different owners, but you're in a much more volatile and dangerous business than I am in, and you're still here. How in the heck do you keep doing it and putting out great music like that last album, John Mellencamp? Well, I'll tell you, I think that uh, uh, I've never really worried too much about trends or fashion, and even in 1976, I was never considered fashionable or trendy. And you know what, I, I know that because I have a picture of you and I standing together and we're both wearing some grubby clothes, man. <laughs> well, we were grubby guys. <laughs> <laughs> we were kids. Uh, and I think that has a lot to do with it. You know, I mean, I don't know how, if I would have walked in and, and been like, I don't know, looking like the flock of seagulls, I don't know if we'd have <laughs> Remember the flock of seagulls? Absolutely remember them. Many people will, won't, but uh, they were uh, a, kind of a new wave band in, in the, the 80s. 80s. And uh, the one guy, I guess was the lead singer, I don't remember his name now, had this ridiculous kind of flip hairdo. Do you remember the name they, of the song that they had, their big song? I Ran. I Ran. Yeah. And actually, that's a it's pretty a really decent, good song. Good song. Yeah, it's a good Man, song. I haven't played that on the Casey Classic show in a long time. There you I should go. play See, that. See, the, the Casey Tapes has spawned wow. an idea wow. for you. All Flock right. of Seagulls, I Ran. <laughs> Not the country I ran, just I no, ran. No, yeah. All right, back to the interview with John Mellencamp. You know, Did you ever... Them, but, no. Uh, um, you know, if you jump on something that's very uh, in the moment, then, then, you know, I think that has a lot to do with your career. You stay in that moment of time. But at the same time, you've not been afraid to change, and your music today sounds... I mean, there, there are certainly similar things that run through your music, but, I mean, you, you've added things and made some changes along the way. Well, you have to be able to uh, uh, reinvent yourself periodically, musically, or or people think they, you know, uh, you know, people already, a lot of people already think, well, we know what John Mellencamp does because they hear, you know, Jack and Diane and Pink Houses on the radio all the time, and uh, that's quite a bit different than, you know, what the John Mellencamp record sounds like and mm -hmm. what that's about. So, you know, for me, all I can do is just uh, keep going, and, and uh, my wife said it to me, a couple of years ago, she said, John. Which wife? <laughs> which, which wife was yeah. it? Yeah, by 99. How many was that? I think uh, his wife back then, I don't know if it was the model Elaine Irwin, and maybe she was on the cover of um, that that particular I, record, that John Mellencamp record. Uh, and she was really uh, cute. Just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> now, this uh, John Mellencamp album, I know we're going to talk about Rough Harvest here in a moment. But this John Mellencamp album was your first for Columbia Records. How's that association working out? Great. Uh, you know, uh, uh, it was just a natural thing for me to go over to Columbia when I left Mercury because uh, I just knew everybody over there. You know, I knew the guy that ran the place and uh, a lot of the uh, uh, people that worked for him. So, yeah, it's worked out good. Well, that's good. Um, now, this, this Rough Harvest release, songs in, in the acoustic format, why, you've decide, why have you decided to do that at this point in your career? Well, I, it, it was a uh, kind of a, uh, uh, a thing that ha was just happened anyway. In this I was getting sick of the band, just decided to do it himself. <laughs> you know, you know th that whole thing about switching labels made me think of, if you remember back in the day on all of his records, it was always produced by Don Geeman or whatever and Little Bastard. Uh -huh. Do you remember yeah. that? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know who Little Bastard was? Him. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he's a mean little bastard <laughs> yeah. when he's in the studio. <laughs> he sure is. Yeah. And, and as a matter of fact, the first time I interviewed him, he was not near as nice as he w was uh, in this. He but, sounds super cool right here. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I guess back then he was, you know, struggling for right. everything. And right. He, he wanted he, to be in control. Wanted to be in control. Yeah. 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 And didn't like his name, Johnny Cougar, at that time either. 
Right. Really? Yeah. I remember him showing disdain for that the first time I met him. And sure enough, a number of years later, he, he got that name changed. He huh. didn't like it. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, we just never recorded it, uh, you know, in between <clears throat> takes of other records, uh, a musician would start playing uh, one of the other older songs. And uh, everybody just kind of chime in with him and we'd play it for a little bit. And then we'd go on to what we were supposed to be doing. And it just uh, made sense to, like, you know, hey, let's record the conversation in between what we're supposed to be doing. And, that, and that's pretty much how that record was made. Mm -hmm. And there was no pressure on the record. It was my last record for uh, for Mercury Records. And so, you know, it was just a record made not to not to really compete with the Backstreet Boys or anything <laughs> like that. It's just a, a very small, quiet little record for people who... Uh, who uh, have been fans of mine, and uh, perhaps they would get a kick out of it. We're speaking with John Mellencamp. Uh, John, uh, you've done uh, uh, Wild Night, the, the uh, Van Morrison song. Uh, there's Under the Boardwalk on this Rough Harvest album, and I think there's a live uh, song from, uh, a live edition, or, or spit it out, John, a live version of Wildlife. How do you choose what cover songs you're going to do? You, you've done a few over the years. Well, I like doing them, you know. I like doing the material, but you have to be very careful of doing somebody else's material because I think that if you don't improve on it in some fashion, then you're really asking for trouble. You know, there's just some songs you can't cover. You know, you, you can't cover, uh, uh, really cover a Beatles song, uh, or you can't cover, uh, oh, you know, uh, a song that was so absolutely perfect because you you can't improve on it but yeah, yeah that's he's excellent. totally right about absolutely. that I, you know what came to my mind was stairway to heaven you can't cover that too no no you cover some other led zeppelin tunes but you you know there well, are some are just in reverence you know? i think i think you can cover them but don't expect much out of them yeah. you know but then again you got you know knocking on heaven's door uh, but that's an iconic bob dylan song and i think it's a perfect song and I thought Guns N' Roses did, did a halfway it. decent shot. They did, and it was a big hit for them, too. Yeah, and Live and Let Die. I mean, I, I would have Another cons considered one. that yes. one, too, and then they, they, they pulled that one off, too. Yeah. But he's right to, in, in a lot of cases there, but uh, I think you can, you can cover them, but like I said, um, don't expect them right. to be a hit or anything. Right. You just do it for your own satisfaction, I guess. Yeah. If I were an artist, that's what I'd do. I, I would love to continue to play other people's music. I mean, it's just kind of fun. I mean, I, I, I've never written a song, so I don't know what it's like to, to sing and record your own stuff, but to, you know, to, to cover somebody else's stuff that you've loved for your whole life or whatever, I mean, that would be fun. Yeah, yeah. You know? Especially this day and age now. You don't have the same record company pressures, especially if you're a guy like John Mellencamp. Right. You do whatever you well, want. Well, he didn't give a shit anyway. No. Did you just say shit? Yes, I did. Come very on. Few it's a podcast. we recorded. You know, it'd be silly to cover Stairway to Heaven. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't hear this before. So much nope. ingrained in anything other than the original might sound stupid. But now that I say that, I think probably you could. Because uh, I think there are ways I, to improve I, that I song. Stop uh, that. Stop, stop that. I haven't what heard this interview. What going on I don't here? know, but I have not heard this interview <laughs> since, well, about... 1999. I only heard a little bit of it when I found this tape. I thought, oh, this is good enough to play. I didn't listen to the whole thing. And you never heard it. I've never heard this And we before. just read the dude's mind. I saw he backed me up, and then he backed you up. <laughs> and make it new and interesting. Oh, it's like, you know, changing your clothes. I think that uh, you, as long as, as you keep the, the original integrity of someone else's song and bring something of yourself to it, then perhaps you can you can do you can make the song your own. Of all your albums, which one is still your favorite, or maybe it's the most recent? Uh, 
I don't know, you know. Uh, Scarecrow was awesome. I think it still really stands out there, don't you? Yeah, I think it's a good record. I uh, I think that's probably a lot of people's favorite record. But, you know, that everybody goes through their time. You know, if you think about uh, Dylan, he had his time. And and uh, uh, the Rolling Stones had their time. You know, when you think of the Rolling Stones, you think of Sticky Fingers. You think of Exile on Main Street. Uh, and I think that that really is not indicative of their best work, but it certainly is the time period when their star sh- shone the brightest. And I think that uh, I think that's the way it should be. And I'm very grateful to have made you know Scarecrow and Lonesome Jubilee. Uh, but for me, you know, uh, uh, the more the more you do it, I think the better a person would get, particularly if the person is challenging himself. So. Mm-hmm. I look back on the Scarecrow album and I see that's my favorite. Me too. Rain on the Scare Scarecrow. Small town. Minutes to memories. Great song right there. Lonely all night. Justice and independence. Another one. Rumble seat. Mm-hmm. Rocking in the USA. Amazing. That's when, uh, if I if I remember correctly, that was the record where he headlined the arena for the first time, and I saw John Mellencamp on that tour. I was like in the first five rows, and uh, he was just something else back then, man. It was yeah. it was great. And his drummer, uh, I loved his Kenny drummer. Arnoff. Kenny Arnoff. Nobody hits the skins no. harder than that dude, man. And well, and he, would, he would go on to play, I mean, with, with everybody after, yeah. including the circle with Sammy Hagar for a yeah. little while. So. He follows me on Twitter. Does he really? Kenny Arnold, Why the hell would he follow you know. on Twitter? I don't know. It's stupid, isn't it? <laughs> uh, and Ricky Lee Jones. I follow you too, so. Yeah, well, yeah. you're stupid too. Ricky, <laughs> Ricky Lee Jones sings background on, on that. Remember Ricky Lee yeah, Jones? Yeah, absolutely. This was her big hit. This uh, this boy's in love. This guy, uh, uh, this girl's in love. Uh, uh, oh, can't remember. It was, it was a Casey classic actually for a little while. Remember, it doesn't have to be good to be a Casey classic. Hey, continue. <laughs> Speaking of that. Um, obviously, you'll pull out, you'll put a, put out, put together another studio album here in, in the not too distant future. Now, I don't know if you heard this, but the artist known as Prince is putting out a new album produced by Prince. Now, I'm asking you, John Mellencamp, will John Cougar produce your next album? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I should get the artist formerly known to do it. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't know. You know, I, that must be pretty entertaining for that guy to do that stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, I think probably more than anything, he's just entertaining himself. Uh, Farm Aid is coming up September the 12th. Right. You'll be involved in that again. Yeah. The Plight of the Farmer, it's not gotten much better. I mean, I mean, it did for a while, I guess, but they're, they're suffering again. Now, possibly worse than ever. I think this is where we get into a corn, price of corn, and uh, <laughs> barrels and gilts. I can't uh, wait to hear yeah. this part. All right. All right. Price of hogs. <laughs> well, you know, uh, the small American farmer is America's uh, political football. Uh, whenever anything happens overseas and you want to make a point to a, another country, well, you threaten grain, you threaten corn, you know, you threaten all these things. and. Uh, of course, there's a guy sitting in, you know. <laughs> We're kind of living that right now. Nothing's po- changed. Politically, st- yeah, nothing's Nothing changed. changed. Isn't it amazing? It, it, and, and you think now, oh, my gosh, what, what are they doing? Well, that stuff's been going on for a long time. Right, yeah. it has. St. Louis uh, and thinking, well, you know, wait a minute, here my little victory garden is going to suffer because of this. Yeah. And he's got nothing to say or do about it. So, uh, uh, yeah, you know, uh, farmers are are really the, the uh, political football for America and, and our... Uh, embargoes overseas, so uh, 
uh, I don't really know of a, another business that is thrown into that. I mean, you know, they don't they don't call up China and say, hey, listen, if you guys don't quit being cruel to people, we're going to cut off your music supply. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a uh, unusual situation for a person to be in. And John's always been pretty political in his life, he his has. personal life. Uh, and his music is deep. I mean, he, yeah, there's R-O-C-K in the USA. He does mm-hmm. have his fun songs, too. But he's always been a deep thinker, and his songs a lot of times have great Even messages. like Pink Houses is a deep song. Yeah. If you think yeah. of it, and the video that was made for it, too. Yeah. Totally. He, he's a smart guy. Yeah, Interesting man, for sure. Yeah. And getting married to... Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. They've been together for a long time, but, yeah. uh, but apparently... His it's fourth just, wife. Fourth wife. Yeah. Unreal. Well, you stay committed to that uh, that cause, John. Well, we started in 1985, and uh, I don't really see any uh, any uh, point in time when when Farm Aid will just go. With, okay, well, this is over because I, I think that it's an ongoing problem. I, and still going on today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they still do farm aids, yeah. I believe, right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He's still time. involved. Yeah, yeah. And Neil Young. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of the fact that Farm Aid was one of the. Uh, things that uh, from that time period, you know, it was very popular in the 80s to have all these aid things. And, right. Uh, I think Farm Aid is really the only one that proved that it was a for real uh, charity that was trying to help people on a daily basis. And not- wow, that's a, that's a great point. Yeah. Everybody else and their aid things, their, their, their aid shows have gone away. Except that one. Yeah. And it's still Neil Young and it's still Willie Nelson. Although we'll see about Neil. Neil just lost his uh, house in the Malibu fires. Yeah, him and yeah. Daryl Hannah. So, and you know, but regardless, yeah, he's right. But, but he said that in 1999, and it's right. it's even more powerful today, right? Because it's still going. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Some corporate sensationalism for the moment. Great point. We're speaking with John Mellencamp. John, we'll let you go here in just a bit. But I want to ask you, uh, what did you think of the VH1 behind the scenes piece they did on you? Um. Uh, well, you know, I think that that's a. Uh, I had never allowed anybody to come into my life that way, uh, and uh, it, it was, you know, it was, it was different for me to watch. You know, it's hard for me to. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Was that on his end? <laughs> no, I think that, that was on your end. end. Yeah. What was that? It couldn't have been a cell phone. It was, uh, I think it was just the the, 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 <laughs> the business warm, line, the business line, or studio line, or something. You know, he's talking about VH1. The guy that owned VH1 or was the boss was really, really good friends with John Mellencamp, mm. and that's why he allowed VH1 to. I, I, are you talking about behind the music here or something that they did for? Yeah, him? yeah, okay. Yeah, well, he's probably going to say that. Right. Just we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was saying nothing's changed because my phone still rings when I'm on the air. Yeah, I just had day. to tell John, hey, put your phone on vibe because I just put mine. It rings right. even more often. <laughs> and, and, and take it very seriously. But uh, apparently a lot of people enjoyed it because I've got a lot of comments on it. And uh, uh, I think that it was very good for VH1. I mean, you know, there's a TV network that 10 years ago nobody even looked at and Apparently now its ratings are almost bigger than than MTV. So uh, I think it's uh, I think it was ultimately a good thing. Although VH1 is pretty much gone too now. I mean, they don't yeah. do any music videos, do they? Uh, do they I don't do? think so. You know what? I haven't watched it in a long time. But you know, there was VH1 Classic, which was really cool. That came out. I, I I don't I don't know, man. I don't yeah. I don't seek out music television anymore. Yeah, no, I just me, don't. Me either. Now, John, the last time you were here in St. Louis, sold a lot of tickets. Many of those. I don't know how many, uh, I think just about all the reserve seats were uh, purchased by your fan club. 
these people are rabid John Mellencamp fans, as they should be. You, you do such quality work. You're coming back now. Was that to give the rest of us a chance to see you up close? Well, I don't know. You know, we're playing this new building, and uh, I, they called us up and asked us to do it, and I thought uh, at the time that, you mean we don't have to play in that damn checker dome anymore? <laughs> no, they blew that up, by the way. Well, i got to tell you something. You know, that checker And they had just blown it up because this right, was 1999. Right, yeah was the uh, weirdest place I ever played. I, I have vivid memories of sitting backstage in the Checker Dome uh, in the late 70s, think, going to the guys that were for me. Can we get this uh, this elephant shit out of here before, <laughs> we, before we put our, my clothes and stuff in there? The because I played there one night right after there was a circus in there. Oh, man. It made a big impression on me, I'll tell you. It was the ultimate multi-purpose building, no, uh, no yeah. doubt about that. And it was an old place back then. Yes, absolutely. I well, think another place that's great. To, do you guys still have Keel? Is Keel Auditorium still there? Keel Auditorium was was taken down and is now called the Keel Center, and they do concerts in there now too. Yes. But is it the same theater? No, 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 totally different. Now there's Keel Opera House, but that's closed, and that's still standing though. The other is not standing anymore. See, I've played every place in St. Louis. Yeah, Fox oh. Fox Theater. Yeah. And I've played with, I used to play at a bar down there on the river. The barn on the river. Oh. Okay, here it comes. Here, Mississippi here Nights. Comes here comes a story come. that will forever tie John Mellencamp to St. Louis on top of the animal crap in the uh, <laughs> checker dome. This is even better. You mean Mississippi Nights, you mean? The, yeah, the, the, man, the, I think that was it. Yeah, yeah, they're still there. They're yeah, still see, there. See, originally when I first started, uh, when I first got my first record deal, I had two guys from St. Louis in my band. See? And who were they? Uh, a guy named Robert Frank, who still lives in St. Louis, uh, and he had he now has a uh, car uh, painting. Uh, Sorry, you and that damn Sorry. phone! I swear, <laughs> this is an important. Robert Frank, he's talking about his Johnny Cougar band. This is what yeah. he he talked about this with me too. Yeah, and he's gonna say who else? Thing that he does, and a guy named Tom Knowles. I don't know. Tom Knowles. But that was back in the uh, mid seventies, like seventy five. Yeah, so you so you have very fond memories of St. Louis. Yeah, yeah, I like St. Louis. Um, Although I've had some <laughs> things happen to me. <laughs> like what? Uh, like my second wife divorced me there. <laughs> Here in St. Louis? I got in trouble in St. Louis. Oh. And that's where she uh, uh, called me up and said, "Okay, don't come home." Oh, great. <laughs> so, so, so that's that's one negative. Are there more? As many times as I've been to St. Louis, one negative is not bad. No, you're right. You're right. Well, we're we're, we're proud to have you coming back here on uh, again, like you said, the new building, Family Arena. It's called in in St. Oh, I, I wish I would have probed Fate, further. So he was playing Family Arena. I've got a really good story after this. Kind of okay. that goes along with this. Okay. <laughs> they told me <laughs> Charles County which is just across the Missouri River from St. Louis County. Tickets go on sale this Saturday at all Metro Ticks locations. And again, this is the first rock show in the building, so there's a little extra pressure on you, Mr. Mellencamp. Oh, I don't see it that way. I think it's just a little bit more fun that way. He's like, well, that's fuck good. you, Well, Jeff. again, uh, thank you for uh, <laughs> taking the time to give us a call here at uh, KC95. We love having you on, and good luck to you. All right, well, listen, I'll talk to you in the next 20 years. Okay, John. <laughs> all right, buddy. Bye. Bye. Let's see if there's anything else. Thank you, John. Backward masking. All right. So I 
he was talking about how he got in trouble. So his second wife told him not to come home. Yeah, because if something had happened there at Mississippi <laughs> in, Nights. In St. Louis. In somewhere. St. Louis. He told me that, and we were talking about stages, okay, that used to be on the east side, and, and he played there. And do you remember an acoustic guitar that he had and had a big eagle drawn on it? I don't. Okay. So he had one. It was a very famous guitar. I remember it. And we were talking about it. And he said, that guitar, that eagle was drawn by some unknown girl in some hotel room. <laughs> and I said, was that before or after? And he goes, before or after what? <laughs> and he just started laughing. I was like, sex and he just oh. absolutely lost it yeah. and you know he was living the life yeah, he was. back then and but he's always of, had model wives and beautiful wives i know elaine irwin just... that's the one i can't remember I believe i remember her name she was yeah. even on the cover of one of his records i think it was the john mellencamp record mm. maybe uh yeah and now wife number four is yeah. coming up he's a little bastard he is, but uh, wow, what a, what a nice man too! Yeah. Just a great conversationalist. I mean, he's got so many uh, uh, things that to talk about that I wish we could got him into it even more. But you say you got an interview with him too, so we'll maybe do it in down the, the road somewhere. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. want to do him back to back? Maybe we should. Uh, I don't know. Nah, that's it's not too much. Yeah, right. no. We're gonna do Zach Wild. Remember? Oh yeah, Zach Wild. Oh, he threatens to kill oh, me. My gosh. Everybody loves this interview. <laughs> You gotta be. You gotta be. You gotta download the podcast for next week for sure to hear how Favaz nearly escaped. Uh, I did, and you know, bodily harm. And we're doing it Thanksgiving. You know, the day after Thanksgiving. So it kind of it's a it's a day of thanks. Yeah, for me anyway that I'm still alive. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Why not harken back to danger? Well, uh, uh, thanks to John Mellencamp. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, I'm John Hewlett. You can follow me on Twitter at STLU Man. And Favaz at Casey Guy. And should I start? I, I, I was listening to us uh, because I listen to these podcasts. Should I start saying AMF here for, for me? That's up to you. Dude. Okay. I want to do it and then you can talk after. I don't care. All right. Ready? Okay. AMF. You're not going to say anything, are you? Trying to think of something. <laughs> what do you say on the classic show when you uh, sign off? I don't have a sign off. You don't have a sign off? Uh, never did. You play I don't that, have a you, sign you on play, or a sign off. Well, you play that thing, though. Oh, don't go, wise man. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it is. <laughs> Maybe you should say AMF. You could start here. You could do it on the podcast. Come on. Yeah, that's your thing, man. No, I don't no, want to no, take no, your no, thing. No. Well, no. You, mm. I, I do it on the air. Let's 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 let, let's do it on the podcast. Let's try it out this time. You say it the way you would say it if you weren't abbreviating it, and I'll say it the way I would say it if I weren't abbreviating okay. it. Okay. All right. Okay. Here we go. Three, two, one. Adios, my friend. The Casey Tapes with you, man, and Favaz. For more on the history of Casey, go to Casey95.com or the Casey mobile app. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.